Amen. Good morning, everybody. Good to see you this morning. Y'all bright-eyed and bushy-tailed, y'all awake? <laughs> All right, good, good. like to hear it. So the message this morning, we will stay in 1 John. If you have your Bible, turn to 1 John chapter 4. That's kind of where we're going to land and look at the essence of the Christian life. It's the series we've been looking at. And then today, we'll look at test the Spirit. So that's what we're going to be doing. It's the ninth imperative in the ten imperatives that, that uh, John gave us inside here. These, these commands that we see and understand. Test the Spirit. We are to test it, right? Test the Spirit. Father, God, we just thank you for your word. God, we thank you that it's alive. God, we thank you that we can worship you today in spirit and truth. We thank you that we can call you Father. God, we thank you for all the things that you're about to do. So, Lord, as we look into your word, Lord, give us eyes to see, give us ears to hear, and then a heart to receive. Lord, we love you, we praise you. Speak mightily in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, turn in your Bibles to 1 John 4. We're going to be looking at some verses inside here and see what it is the Lord has for us today. But before you get there, just go a little bit up because we're going to look at John 3 first because it's all tied into the text. And this is His commandment that we should believe on the name of His Son, Jesus Christ, and love one another as He gave us commandment. Verse 24. Now, if He keeps or obeys His commandments, now He who keeps His commandments abides in Him, and He in Him. And by this we know that He abides in us by the Spirit whom He has given us few things I kind of want to look inside there before we even get into the text because we have to test the spirit he's telling us could test and see what it is that's in here so here it is he gives three descriptions of the true believer inside here there's this believe on the name of his son Jesus Christ so if you're going to be a true believer of God first you have to believe on his name right you have to believe and here's this description, Romans 10, 9, and 10. If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. So Romans tells us, believe on His name, believe in Him, and you shall be what? Saved. So we understand this description of this true believer. First, we have to believe in His name. Believe in who He is. Because you keep going a little bit further... If we confess Jesus, believe in our heart that God raised him dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made. So the first thing there is we must believe. Number two, as we're looking through the text, he's giving it to us in 23. Love. Matthew 22, 37 through 39 says this. Jesus said to him, You shall love your Lord with your God with all your heart. So this is how we're to love Him. As true believers of God, we are to love Him with all of our heart, with all of our soul, with all of our mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And second is like it, you should love your neighbor as yourself. We're going to see that all throughout this text. Love your neighbor as yourself. So true believers, the description of that, we are to believe in Jesus Christ. That's a, that's a given, right? 
We are to believe in Him. And then we are to love Him. And then we are to lo- love others. And then we are to show others God's love. And then if you just keep walking down the text, and in verse 24, He says this, Now he who keeps... That word keeps is obey, attend to carefully, take care of, guard. So we're to guard this belief, we're to guard the love, and then we're to obey the commandments. We're to obey what it is that God has for us as true believers. Amen or oh me. We have to obey, obey, keep, watch over. See, if we don't have the first two, you know what will happen if we don't? believe in him we don't trust in him we don't fully commit our life to him and we don't love him you know what i'm gonna just tell you you're not gonna do the you're not gonna obey if you don't love him with all your heart mind soul and strength you don't trust in him for salvation you don't walk with him you know what you will not obey the commands you're not gonna obey what it is he tells you to do so we have to obey it trust in him i I wrote down some words like this love him completely we are to love him completely serve him completely abide in him completely that's what it looks like in that text verse 4 is the text is, is the test rather beloved do not believe every spirit see that was imperative number 8 John gave us right there do not believe every spirit but what? Here's number nine. But test the spirits, whether they are of God, because many false prophets have gone out from this world. John's telling us, remember, dualistic teaching. E- either you're in Christ or you're not in Christ. E- either you're following him or you're going to follow these false prophets. He's telling them, look, false prophets are already all around you. There's a false antichrist. There's a Christ and there's anti to Christ. And he's warning these readers. He's warning us in this this letter that's written for all of us to experience and understand. Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirit. You know, there's a lot of false prophets out there. Tarot cards, you know, fake readers of this different stuff. They're going to tell you your uh, astronomy and and tell you about the stars with astrology and all this kind of stuff. I'm going to tell you right now, hogwash. You better test the spirit. Know what you're putting your trust into. You know what? I don't need to go to some tarot cards to tell me my future. My future's in Jesus. It's not man's, all these different things he's trying to tell me and all this kind of stuff. See, the thing is, you have to test the spirit according to the word. The word is truth. The word gives you the truth. And see, if I have the word, I don't need a tarot card. I, I don't need a, a, a genie in a bottle. I don't need a lamp or something I can rub on or something. You know what? Because all that stuff's man-made. It's Jesus who we're to trust in. So examine. Examine means this. To test it is to scrutinize it. Let me ask you this. This week, did you scrutinize this word? Did you get into it and study it and say, like, like it says, it's a lamp into my feet and a light into my path, uh, the places that you were going, the things that you were doing? Did you scrutinize it? Did you test it? I'll tell you, I said this last week, you know, when you're buying gold, you, you want to test it. You want to know if it's the real thing or what it's not. Same thing with the Spirit. That's what he's telling us in here. Examine it like gold. Look into that like a precious metal. Examine, look into, have knowledge, see what's there. 
So if all that's true, then we need to start with the text. And we'll go this, I'm going to read, because all this ties in together. So I read verse 1. Verse 2 is this of chapter 4. By this you know the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is of God. And every spirit that does not confess that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is not of God. And this is the spirit of the Antichrist, which you have heard was coming and now is already in the world. Verse 4. You are of God, little children, and you have overcome them because of he who is greater than he who is in the world. See, that's one of those memory verses that you ought to memorize. Greater is he that is in you than he that's in the world. The greater, the testimony, the story. We're to test the spirit of love. But I, I want to give you this a little bit because I want to back up just a, a, a little bit because all this is salvation weaved inside of here because first, we have to believe that God exists, right? That God is the Savior. God has brought His Son into the world that, that anyone that believes in Him should not perish. That confession, all that that we had talked about, we have to believe that this is the true teaching. We have to believe that, that He is the teacher. We have to believe that this Word of God is, is the Word. And so that, that's what we have to do to understand. We have to confess that Jesus is Lord. Romans 10, 9 and 10. Confess it. Believe it. Trust Jesus. And then, you know what? We're to grow. We're to grow as believers. I'm going to move on a little bit. So it says, you are, you are of God, little children, and you have overcome them because he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. They are of the world, therefore they speak as of the world, and they hear, the, the world hears them. We are of God. He who knows hears us. He is not of God, does not hear us. By this we know the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. And then here's the text we're going to look at more today. Beloved, let us love one another, for God is of love. And everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. He who does not know God, or the one that doesn't love, doesn't know God. For God is love. So that's kind of the first thing I want us to look at. God is love. You test the Spirit of God, the Spirit of God is love. He loves. He loves us more than anything else in the world, right? I had this question asked to me in Sunday school today. How do you know the Bible's true? How do you, how do you trust that? How do you, why do you know these things? Why do you... Okay, so I'm going to go down to something that's called the, the Baptist faith and message. This is what we believe as Baptists. This is where it kind of lays it out for us. It says this, according to the Bible... The Holy Bible was written by man, divinely inspired, and is God's revelation of himself to man. That's what the Bible is. It's this revelation. It is a perfect treasure of divine instruction. So it's perfect. It's divine. It has God for its author, salvation for its ends, and truth without any mixture of error for its matter. Therefore, all Scripture is totally true and trustworthy. It reveals the principles by which God 
judges us and therefore is and will remain to the ends of the world the true center of the Christian union and the supreme standard by which all human conduct, creeds, and religious opinion should be tried. All Scripture is testimony of Christ, who is himself the focus of the divine revelation. See, the thing is, you got to believe this first. This is the core. You have to believe the Word of God first that is inspired by God. Yes, man penned it, God breathed it, they just wrote down what it is that he told them to say. See, here's the deal. If you don't believe this, you're not going to believe anything that's preached and said from here going forward. Because God is love. Not because we said so, because he said so. That's what his word's telling us. So we're going to test this spirit a little bit. Verse 7, he says this, Beloved, let us love one another, for God is love. See, it tells us right there, God is love. He loves us. We must know Him if we're going to love like Him, though, huh? we got to know Him if we're going to love like Him. God's love, we have to love like Him. So here's a little bit more. There is one and only one living and true God. He is intelligent. He is intelligent, spiritual, and the personal being, the Creator, Redeemer, Perseverer and ruler of the universe. God is infinite in holiness and all other, uh, in everything. He's holy in everything. It, all in his, is perfect. God is all powerful and all knowing, and his perfect knowledge extends to all things, past, present, and future, including the future decisions of his free willed creatures. To him we owe the highest love, reverence, and obedience, the eternal triune God reveals himself to us as Father, Son, and Holy Spirit the distinct personal attributes but without division of nature essence or being that just gives us a who God is what he looks like, what he's about it's his essence, his nature his character and then we keep going on through here if we're testing the spirit of God and he is love you know what, we have to be born again we must be born again. That was, that was that confession, that trusting in Him. If we're going to love like Him, we first are to be born again believers. Children of God. If we're children of God, you know what else? We are to love one another. That's what He's saying. Beloved, let us love one another, for God is love, and everyone who loves God is born of God and knows God. So that ought to be the essence and the nature even of us. Again, he, he just teaches that, th th those dualistic uh, teachings inside here. So if we're testing this spirit and we're testing it, let me ask you, do you love one another? I ain't asking these teenagers because they all sit inside each other and everything. <laughs> all goo-goo-eyed and everything. Let me ask you this morning. As born-again believers... In Jesus Christ, you've confessed Him, you know Him. We are to look like Him. We are to trust in Him. So that's one. To test that spirit, we are to love one another, just as He is love. So we keep moving. Verse 8, he says this, He who does not love does not know God. Isn't that pretty simple in there? Either you love God, you trust Him, you know Him, or you don't love him and the love of God is not in you. 
It's pretty clear teaching. It's pretty clear. So he who does not love does not know God. For God is love. That's his nature. That's his essence. That's who he is. He loves. Those born again receives. We, if we're born again, we receive that love nature inside of us as born again believers. It's Matthew 7, 15 through 20. Beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravenous wolves. You will know them by their fruits. Do men gather grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? Even so, every good tree bears good fruit, but a bad tree bears bad fruit. See, even Matthew uses this. Good, bad, good fruit, bad fruit. Every, even so, every good tree bears good fruit, but a bad tree bears bad fruit. You wonder why you have bad behavior? You wonder why you, you, all these things come out of you when you hit your finger, when, when you hit it with a hammer or something? You, oh, it just, it just slipped out of me. No, what's in your heart comes out of your mouth. When the love of God is inside you, the love of God comes out of you. And, and so he tells us, a good tree cannot bear bad fruit. See, we can mask a lot of things. We can put on disguises and, 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 and try to mask on good fruit. But you know what? You'll know them, and you'll know them by their fruit. Because I'm going to tell you right now, those, 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 that bad fruit, after a while, will expo expose itself. It will come out clearly. You will know it. So a good tree cannot bear bad fruit, nor can a bad tree bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Therefore, by their fruits, you'll know them. So I'm going to just say this. They'll know you by your love nature. The love that you put out, they'll know. They'll, they'll know. So that, that's a good measure, whether it's false prophet, a false convert, all those different things from all that it's above. You'll know what the fruit that is produced. So how do we know God is love? Well, God demonstrated His love. Romans 5, 8. God demonstrated His love, His own love towards us, that while we were yet sinners, He died for us. I don't know about you, but that's love right there. Before He ever knew me, before I even entered this earth some 2,000 years ago, he died for me because he loved me and wanted a love relationship with me and with you. So we just do. That, that's, that's how he demonstrated his love for us. Another one is this. He revealed his love through Jesus. Y'all know the scripture, John three sixteen. That is how he revealed his love. He went all the way to the cross, shed his blood, took on all sin of humanity, took it all on because he loves you. And he loved me, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only, or the only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. That's how much he loves you. He died for you. He revealed his love for you. God shows his love. Verse 9, he tells us in here, In this the love of God was manifest towards us, that God has sent his only begotten Son into the world that we might live through him. God is true love. His true love is for us. This love relationship is for us. God loves us this much. 
in this, the love of God was manifest. You know what that means? Made visible. His love was visible. See, when he was on an old rugged cross, you know what? The Romans put him out there in front of everybody where they can see it, where they could walk by, see the, the, the crime that supposedly he committed, all the things that were about him. Half of them went by wagging their head, hissing, spitting, cursing things at him. He must have loved you a whole lot because he visibly put that display out front, on display how much he loved you, how much he loved me. God is true love. He's true love. True love is God's love for us, not our love for God. It's his true love for us, not our love for him. God sent his son to die in our place to take away our sins. Verse 10, as we keep moving, in this is love, not that we love God, See, that's what I was trying to explain to you. It's not that we love God. In this is love. Not that we love God, but that He loved us and sent His Son to be the substitute, the satisfaction, the propitiation for our sins. See, God sent. He took care of all that for you and me because He loves us that much. And then we keep going through the text because here's another point. We must love one another. Beloved, if God so loved us, we also are to love one another. He tells us inside there. Remember, he manifests, we see it, we understand it. He loved us, so we are to love one another. And then here's the full expression of his love. In verse 12, no one has seen God at any time. If we love one another, God abides in us, and his love has been perfected in us. That's his full expression. God's love is invisible. I don't know about y'all, but I couldn't see God's love this morning. But you know what? I knew it was there. I knew he loved me. No one has seen it. It's invisible. It can't always be seen, this love. We as Christians can be seen, though, right? That's what he's telling us. We can be seen, and we ought to know. The people ought to look at us and say, man, if, if they're a true believer, the love of God ought to be pouring out of them. And if they claim the name, they ought to show it and walk it, show and tell. Our lives as we walk and as we speak are to show and tell the love of God and that we love each other. So this full expression's out there. If we love each other, God loves. His love is in us. It's inside of us, right? If we're born again, like we're saying, we're born again, that love is inside of us, and it ought to be manifest to other people. But you know who it ought to be manifest to most clearly? It's us inside the church. That love ought to be evident inside this church. Or to know that love. And then the summary, that, that, that summary of 7 through 12, God is the originator of the love. If we're testing the Spirit, we ought to know where it originates from, right? It's Him, the love that we have, the love that we understand. He is the originator. Love was revealed through Jesus, right? We talked about Him dying on the cross and now demonstrated to His people. It ought to be demonstrated outside of us. Two, true children of God should reflect His character, His essence. 
So we test the love. Now let's test the spirit. Go on in verse 13. By this we know that we abide in him and that he is in us because we, he has given us his spirit. See, once you're born again, you've trusted in him, you've known him, now you have the Holy Spirit that lives within inside you. It indwells in you. He abides in you, and then you abide in him. That's the love relationship we've talked about. The Holy Spirit. I want to kind of just read this to you. The Holy Spirit is the Spirit of God, fully divine. He is inspired, holy. Um, he inspired holy men of God to write the Scriptures through illumination, he enables men to understand truth. He exalts Christ. He convicts men of sin. That's what the Holy Spirit does. It convicts us of our sin, of, of righteousness and of judgment. He calls men to the Savior. That's what the Holy Spirit does. He calls us to salvation. And, it, and, and, and then he affects the regeneration. The Holy Spirit reflects inside of us, and then we are to live more and more like Christ. He's the one that does the regeneration. At the moment of regeneration, he baptizes every believer into the body of Christ. At the moment of salvation, pours in, he cultivates Christian character, comforts believers, bestows the spiritual gifts by which they serve God through his church. He seals the believer into the day of final redemption. His presence in the Christian is the guarantee that God will bring the believer into the fullness of the structure of Christ. He enlightens and empowers the believer and the church in worship, evangelism, and service. That's what the Holy Spirit does. Speaks inside of us. Creates that culture inside of us to, to worship, evangelize, and then to do service. John 4, 24 tells us this. God is spirit, and, those who, and those who worship Him must worship Him in spirit and truth. That's how we're to worship Him. John 3, 6, That which is born of flesh is flesh, and that which is born of spirit is spirit. So we're born again. We have a spirit inside of us, the Holy Spirit. Spirit and light are expressions of God's essence and nature. Spirit and light. What's coming out of you this morning? Can I ask you? Is light coming out? Is love? Is that expression of God coming out of you this morning? So we see God is love, God is spirit, God is truth. It says this in 1 John 1, 6-10, If we say that we have fellowship with Him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice truth. I love John. He's just so bold. He's so to the point. He's so true in all this if we say because see that's what the confession is if we say it if we say that we love god if we say we have fellowship with one another and we have fellowship with him so if we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness we lie and we don't practice the truth that just means we can't say one thing with our mouth and with our feet do something totally different <laughs> i like your chris is over there grinning laughing it's just that simple. But if we walk in the light as He is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus Christ, His Son, cleanses us from all sin. Walk in Him. 
trust in him believe in him verse 8 if we say that we have no sin we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us if we confess our sin he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins cleanse us from all unrighteousness if we say that we have not sinned we make him a liar and his truth is not in us man kind of goes back to that command that command if we're commanded and we know and we trust and we believe in him it's evident who we are whose we are verse 13 by this we know that we abide in him and he in us because he has given us his spirit he's given us the spirit at salvation you received his spirit and we have seen and testify that the father has sent the son as savior of the world Whoever confesses that Jesus is the Son of God abides in Him and He in God. And we have known and believed the love of God, what He has for us. God is love, and He who abides in love abides in God and God in Him. By this we know that we abide in Him. If we love Him, we trust Him, we walk with Him, we have fellowship, God abides in Him. And he and God. Let me ask you this week, how much abiding did you do? <laughs> how much abiding? How much time were we spending with God? How much time were we loving on him and he's loving through us? Are we abiding? I like it inside here too that, that John gives us the witness of the Trinity. He mentions the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. See, the word Trinity, I know a lot of folks say, well, Trinity's not in, in the Bible. I don't see, it's not said anywhere. It, it's expressed all throughout here. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. One triune God. So, verse 16, known and believed that the love of God, this love that He has for us, is what we see in here. This kind of like ties the bow on the whole thing. And we have known and believed the love that God has for us. God is love. That's where the whole text comes out of. Test the Spirit. God is love. It's not uh, if He is. It's the essence and nature of who He is. He is love. He demonstrates His love. We trust in that love. So all this kind of makes me think of one scripture that you hear me read and speak many times I am the way if he's love and loves in us then we are to be the way we are to be leading people to love and then the truth the word of God is truth whether we admit it or not or where we say it is or anything like that because he says it's truth I am the way I am the truth so he's the way and he's the truth all throughout here we're seeing it and he's what brings life so he's the way he's the truth and he is life no one comes to the father except through me many people think there's other ways and many ways and different things like that he says it's one way one way to heaven so here, here's a couple things i want us to know two things to know in all these verses what is love so what is love god is love and the next thing is this you are loved 
I know a lot of people don't get to hear that much, that they're loved and that, that there's a heavenly Father that loves them. But all these scriptures just showed us the Spirit of God. Spirit of God is love. So I'm going to give you a couple things, and then we're going to call it a morning. Why did God give man a choice? Because, see, we say that we have a free will, right? We have a choice. I can either stay on this stage or I can jump off right now. It's a choice. God gives us many choices because God wanted something that man that is unique, special, wonderful, and glorious. He wanted something so special, so glorious, so unique. You know what he wanted? He wanted your love. He demonstrated his love. Now he wants that love back. He loves us and he wants man to love him. He wants you to love him. That's the highest good to love God and to love one another. For God to love. Why did God just force us to love him? Why didn't he just force it? Why didn't he just hardwire you like you're to love me, you're not to love me, you're to love me, you're not to love me? Because there's choices. He wants it to be freedom. See, it's freedom for you this morning to either reject the gospel or receive it. It's freedom in that. We have choices in it. I can either take this message today that God is love, that God is spirit and God is truth and do something with it, or it's my choice to just say, hey, I just heard another message today. I'm going to walk out. We're going to go to lunch. We're, we're going to do this thing. We're going to do that thing. I'm off on Monday. Man, we can barbecue, I guess, if the governor says so. And, and you know, we can do all the different things that we want to do. He wants to love you. He demonstrated that. He gave his son so that you can love him. See, forced love is a contradiction of terms. If we're going to force it, it's, it's a contradiction. There's so much. He doesn't have to force it. He willingly gave it. For God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son that whoever believes in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. So there's no such thing as forced love. Love must be a choice. For love, for lovers to choose, they must love. They must be able to choose not to love, or to choose it or not to choose love. Or else it's forced love, and it's not love at all. So God has given us a choice. He's given us that choice. Love Him, receive Him. So Kirk, if you want to make your way over, we're going to have a time of invitation. I'm going to stand right here. Some other men are going to stand over there. Some ladies are going to stand here. Some ladies are going to stand there. And we're going to have a time of invitation. And you're going to examine and look inside your life. Is the love of God in me? Have I accepted that free gift of salvation? Have I ever put my faith and my trust in Him? Is His love in me? See, all the text just told us, Either you're saved or you're lost. Let's stand with our heads bowed and our eyes closed. Let me ask you this morning, does the love of God abide in you?
And are you abiding in that love? It's that simple. Do you know Jesus? Does he know you? Have you trusted in him? Have you not? Do you love him or do you not? These men and these women down here, if you need to be saved, they'll walk you through it. If you just need prayer and you're going through a rough time, there's things that's going on in your life, you just can't explain, man, I just need prayer, these folks will pray with you. But if you need salvation, they'll tell you how to be saved. If you're looking for a church home, a place that you can plug in and be active and involved in, they'll tell you how to be a member and all that. But see, it's the choice. Obedience. Am I going to step out in obedience and step out in faith and trust Him as Savior and Lord? Or am I just going to walk through another day? Father, God, this is your time of invitation. Lord, I pray you speak to us today fresh and anew. God, let us hear it. Lord, you've already spoken. Your word speaks. Help us to obey it. Lord, we love you and we thank you for loving us. In Jesus' name, amen. Jesus, 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 there's just something about that name. He's the Master, Savior, Jesus, like a fragrance after the for another day you've given us. Thank you again for another opportunity to be saved. Lord, we love you and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen.